Prayer is possibly the most fundamental part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In fact, it's one of those things that even if you're not a follower of Jesus, even if you haven't had much to do with the church or religion, you probably are at least vaguely familiar with what prayer is. And maybe you don't like to pray or even practice it very often. Most of us have at least some general knowledge of prayer. Whether, whether you are new to this place or maybe you're watching online and you're still like skeptical of the whole God thing, most of us at least have an idea that there's this thing called prayer and then sometimes people do it. Even, even people who don't believe in God at some point in their life probably have been around prayer or have even tried it. Like some people have got at least had moments where like, you know, I don't really believe there's a God but just in case, like, let me say some words in my thoughts and my minds, just in case to cover all my bases. And so prayer is something that for us as followers of Jesus is incredibly important. And it's not a new idea. Prayer has been around for a very, very long time. Yet even though it's not a new idea, in fact, even though we are very aware of prayer, it's also one of those things that many of us are just not really good at. That like we know we should pray more, but we don't. We, we know it's important, but we don't really know how or why. And prayer takes a lot of work. It takes practice to learn to make prayer into a habit. Like any relationship, communication takes effort. It takes time and practice and growing and learning. Learning what works for you and learning how to better understand the God who communicates to you. It takes time. For as long as I can remember, I've been a follower of Jesus. I don't remember a time when I wasn't a follower of Jesus, which also means for as long as I remember, prayer has been a part of my life. It's something we, we did as a family growing up. We would pray. We would pray before meals. We'd pray at bedtime. I remember praying before the test that I didn't study for. Like, God, if you're going to do a miracle, like now would be the time. Right? I, like, I, as long as I remember, I remember praying. But if I'm being honest as an adult... Prayer has also been something that I've struggled with. I struggle with making the time for it. Like not falling asleep when I'm praying, or being intentional about my time in the morning, or even in the middle of the day of praying, or, or struggling with the idea of, is it even actually working? Is it doing anything? Struggling with my prayers feeling like I'm just making speeches at no one. Like prayer has often been a struggle with me. I've struggled with the discipline, I've struggled with the why, I've struggled with it being a relational thing and not a ritualistic religious thing. And so because of that, I have a feeling that I'm not the only one who has had those struggles. And so I want to dig into prayer today, and we're going to do this to really set up a whole entire season, the whole season of Lent. We're going to lean into prayer because I believe if as a church we are relying on prayer, Speaking to God from our hearts and hearing from God in our prayer. If we learn to practice a life of prayer, it will transform not only us, but our entire community. And so we are going to practice this. We are going to learn how to pray. Now the incredible thing when we talk about how to pray is that's not a new question. In fact, it was actually Jesus' disciples who, who, who requested that Jesus teach them to pray, which is what led to us getting the Lord's Prayer. And so in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, this is how it sets up um, Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer. It says, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so the disciples are making this request to Jesus. Now this is important for us to understand because this is the first century world. The disciples are making a very normal request. 
This is not an unusual thing. It's not like, oh, Jesus is God, therefore we, we need him to teach us to pray because no one else knows how to pray. Every teacher had a way of praying. And so to be a disciple of any teacher meant you would ask that teacher, how do you pray? In fact, to be a disciple in the first century meant you would follow, you were, you were a disciple, you were a follower, you were an apprentice of that teacher. And so followers of, of these rabbis would follow around closely and they would be doing it not in order to get more information into their head, but in order to imitate the way of the rabbi. And so when the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray, they're doing it not because they want to know more about God, but because they want to practice what Jesus practiced. And so, and so for any disciple in the first century, what they would do is they would watch what the rabbi does. And so if the, if the rabbi withdraws to a lonely place, which we often see Jesus doing in the scriptures, the, the disciples would do the same. The disciples would say, all right, Jesus withdraws to a lonely place. Jesus spends time in silence and solitude, so we should do the same thing. It, it would be like if the, if the rabbi got down on the ground to tie his sandals, they would say, how does he do that? And they would do the same thing. If the rabbi has a special blessing he gives when he's going in or out of the bathroom, the, the disciples would imitate that. Everything about the rabbi, they wanted to make a part of their life. In fact, this would happen so much that a saying developed over time that for the disciples, as they would follow their rabbi, they would say, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, would you follow and imitate so closely that after walking behind him, the dust would be kicked up from his feet and just cover you? And so for the disciples, that's what this is about. For the disciples, as they follow Jesus, they want Jesus to teach them to pray. Why? Because they want to be covered with his dust. They want to pray just like he prayed. And so for the disciples, they make this request, Lord, teach us to pray. And that phrase is really important for us because they, what they, they say is teach us to pray. And there's an incredible difference here between learning about prayer and learning to pray. And see, I think for myself, often when it comes to prayer, I've focused on the information of prayer. Of if only I can understand about prayer, like how does it work? Or why should I pray? Or who is the God that I'm talking to? All of which are important things. But for the disciples' request here, it's more about the practice. It's more about the doing than it is about all the stuff that comes with it. And what, they, what is important about that is because what the disciples understand as they follow Jesus is transformation in their relationship doesn't come from the amount of information they have. It doesn't come from how much they get into their head. It comes from what happens in the habits, in the disciplines, in doing the things that Jesus teaches them to do. Because it's in those places. It's in prayer. It's in worship. It's in meditating and studying the scriptures that God does a work on them. And so Jesus models for them and teaches for them what it looks like to pray. Jesus models a habit of prayer. And we can see this all throughout the scriptures in Jesus' life. He often spend, spends time by himself. He spends time listening. He spends time in quiet. And, 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 he, and he even here gives us some words and a framework to think about as we talk about prayer. And so if you could turn in your Bibles, if you're following along, and you can follow along in the Bibles in front of you, or it will also be on the screen. Um, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 6. We're really going to spend most of our time leading, leading up to the Lord's Prayer and just get into the very beginning of it. 
And then all throughout this series, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer and, and break it down into different parts, but not just to know what it means, but to give us tools to practice. So at the end of each message, we can say, all right, here's how we pray, and we're going to try it, and we're going to lean into this, and so that over the course of Lent, throughout this season, we can just practice praying together. And so we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 6 and talk about some of these verses as we go along the way. So I'll begin in verse 5. Jesus says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now these first couple of verses help set the tone for us before we even get into the prayer itself, before we even get into the model, the framework, what we're going to practice. Jesus gives us a mindset to carry us into how we think about prayer, to how we think about how we pray and what we pray. And so throughout this series, this can be something that helps guide us as we think about the practices we are going to do. And so he starts, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites because they are going out on the corners and praying so that they might be seen by people. And Jesus points this out because prayer can be about ritual or it can be about relationship. For the hypocrites, it was about going through the motions. And not only going through the motions, but would people see them going through the motions? Did it seem like they were religious? Did it seem like they were committed? It had nothing to do with their relationship with God. It had nothing to do with their adoration or their love for God or what they would receive or hear from God. It had everything to do with the appearances. And so, and so Jesus even says they already have their reward. They are getting what they're looking for. They're just missing out what prayer was actually meant for. And so prayer can be a ritual or it can be a relationship. Not only that, though, prayer can be performance or it can be practice. And what I mean is this, is prayer can be something that, that is about earning the approval of others. It's a performance. It's a show you put on. And maybe, and for the hypocrites, they're performing for the people who are watching and listening. But it also could be a performance for God. Like, you, like and some of us have even thought this way about prayer. Like, if, I, if only I pray hard enough, if only I say the right words, if only I do this right, then I can get God to be pleased with my performance, and then he'll give me what I'm hoping for. Right, that's when prayer is a performance. That has nothing to do with relationship. That's, that's, all right, let me put on a show for God. Let me put on a show for other people in hopes that I get my reward. But what Jesus wants is something different. He wants practice. He wants us to practice talking to him. Just like any relationship that we have, it takes work. You don't, you don't, you don't get married and immediately know how to talk about everything that you need to talk about. Right? It takes time, it takes relationship, it takes effort. And so what Jesus wants here, it's more about repeatedly building this habit and this practice of prayer, of learning to speak and listen to God, your Father. 
Now, it's important when we talk about practicing prayer because some of us can really start like, oh, like I, I, don't, I don't know, like I don't want to really focus on effort because being in a relationship with Jesus, it's about we are saved by grace through faith. And so we can immediately start to think, well, if, if I am working really hard at prayer, I must be missing the point of my relationship with God. But the problem here is effort is not the same thing as earning. Right? And so when we talk about being in a relationship with God, we mean right, we, the reason we can pray, the reason we can approach the throne of grace with confidence is solely because of the work of Jesus. We are saved by grace through faith. It has nothing to do with us. And so it's not about, it's not about what we have earned in order to pray and have that kind of relationship with God. But having, having that given to us as a gift is not opposed to the effort. In fact, the effort comes because of the gift. And so, and so because if we realize how incredible and how powerful and how beautiful this gift of prayer is, like, wouldn't, wouldn't we want to work at it? Like if Jesus, who has given his life for us, has said, because of, because of my death and resurrection, I want to meet with you here in this place today. Like wouldn't when we say, like, well, let's, let's, let's do that. Like let's figure that out. So we don't earn God's love, but we do work at prayer. And the reason we work at prayer is because in prayer, we hear from God. We're reminded of the truth of who God is and what he does for us. Let me continue. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So again... Jesus is saying it's not about the performance. It's not about getting all the words right. It's not about saying all the right things. Right? What Jesus is after, he says, I, I want your time. I want your attention. I want you to have a place. I want you to be intentional about building the habit. It's not about the words. It's about the practice. Verse 80 continues. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so then he begins what we now know as the Lord's Prayer. Now, this last statement of Jesus is really interesting to me. Go back a slide, please. Jesus, when Jesus says, right, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is a question I have often wondered when I have thought about prayer, when I have wrestled with it. Like, if you've ever wondered the question, right, if God already knows everything I'm thinking— or what I need, or want, or ask, or if God really is in control of all this, why do I really bother praying anyways? Right? Have any of you ever asked that before? I, I've asked that plenty of times. In fact, for me, when I've asked that question, it's really been a reason not to pray. Like, well, well you know what? I'm, like, I'm just really tired. God already knows what's on my heart, so why bother tonight? I'm just going to sleep. Like, I'm not going to worry about it. Or like, I'm going to pray for, for the miracle to happen, but God already knows what he's going to do. Like, why even like, why even bother? But what's really interesting to me is when you read what Jesus says here, he's making the same statement, but he sees that as a reason to pray. And so what we often think as a reason not to pray, Jesus seems to flip that on its head and say, yeah, God, our, our Father knows what you need before you ask him, which is exactly why you should talk to him. And so Jesus launches from that observation. That observation that there is a God who knows.
from this observation that there is a God who already knows. And that already knowing is exactly why you should talk to him. For Jesus, those two are connected to one another. Jesus doesn't see God already knowing as a reason not to pray. It's a reason to pray. And so what God already knows about your thoughts and about the world isn't a reason that prayer becomes unnecessary, but it's exactly the reason we go to God in the first place. And so Jesus then connects that when he says, this then is how you should pray. And he begins, our Father. See, prayer is a conversation. And if prayer is a conversation and we live in a world where we, maybe we don't know what to do or we don't know what to say or we don't know how to make sense of what we are going through, what, what Jesus realizes is when we talk to the Father, the Father who knows your situation better also wants to speak to you into your situation. And so why would you not want to talk to the one who knows you better than you know you about your situation? See, it's not for Jesus that he's already decided. In fact, it even seems like in the plain reading, there are some things that God is waiting for you to ask for, that he wants you to ask. He wants that relationship where you want to ask him, God, do this. God, step in. In Hebrews, it tells us we approach the throne of grace with confidence. That as we speak to God as Father, because of the work of Jesus, that's the kind of relationship we have. I think one of the best ways that we can picture this is, is the way that you can picture a relationship with, with somebody who's incredibly close to you. And maybe, that's, and maybe that's a spouse. Maybe it's like a best friend. Maybe it's your kids. But I, I think this, you can really get a picture of this really, really well when it comes to how and why we talk to, talk to God as Father. Right, and maybe you've experienced this. Like, there's sometimes there are people who know you better than you know yourself. Right, this this reality that maybe for you as a parent, right, you know things about your kids before they ever knew it. You saw things in them about their giftings, about their wirings, about maybe when when things seemed off that you noticed it a little bit quicker than everybody else. Or you realized certain th- that that there were certain things that bothered them that they didn't realize. Or maybe you saw things in them that were gifts, ways that God created them that they just thought were normal things. And you realize, like, no, that's special. That's unique. When Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father, I think that's what Jesus is getting at. That the person you are in relationship with, God, knows you better than you know yourself, which makes him the best one we could talk to. There's almost even the sense, right, that Jesus is waiting for it. In prayer, knowing who God is and discovering who you are is connected. That as you pray to God as father, you also hear and realize more and more who you are as his son, as his daughter. That both of these are related to one another. And so Jesus models this. Jesus encourages us to do this. Jesus paves the way and says, we pray, our Father in heaven. Why? Because he is making clear the relationship that we have with the Father, the access that we have. And so he encourages us to practice declaring who God is. That's the beginning of the prayer that Jesus invites us into. And he models it. We begin with adoration. We begin with who is God. 
God's father. And you, and you can expand. It's not, just, it's not just father, but he's good. He is loving. He is Lord. He's redeemer. He's savior. He's holy. He's friend. And again, it's not performance. So it's not like, all right, if I say all the right things to adore God, like I'm going to get it right. No, this is a kid adoring their dad. Right, if you're a parent, right, and you experience the feeling of coming home from work and your kids run to the door because they've been waiting all day for you to get home, right, that's how this prayer starts. With the adoration, of course your hands go up in worship. Why? Because dad's home. That's how this prayer begins. And so it begins with this worship, this, this language, not of performance, but of love and affection. Of a declaring who God is. Our Father begins the conversation. A conversation, so it's not just us speaking at God, but a conversation where we speak to God and we hear from God. We declare who God is and we hear who we are. This is what it means to pray and to be in relationship with God. And so when Jesus says we pray to God as our Father and we come to him because he already knows, what we realize is, that we, is who we are as children of God. See, when my kids are struggling, I want, them, I want to be the first person they turn to. Why? Because I know them better than they know themselves. Apart from 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, like I want them coming to me. Why? Because I know them. I know what makes each of them, them, when they're doubting themselves or have hurt feelings, I, I know what they need to hear better than they know what they need to hear. And I want them to share those questions with me. Why? Because I can speak into it better than they can speak into it. When they are scared, I want them to turn to me. Why? Because in my house, I have a perspective that they don't have. And so when they're afraid of something, I can speak into it in a way that they can't. And I have a different authority and a different power in my house than they have. And so, of course, I want them to come to me when they're trying to make a hard choice. I want them to seek my wisdom. Why? Because I can share a wisdom that they don't have. I've learned some things that I can speak, that I can share to them. In the book of James, when it talks to, about our relationship with God, it, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for it. Now, why would James encourage that if he doesn't think God's going to actually share it to you? And so if you have a relationship with God as Father, and you ask him something, James seems to suggest that he is going to share it with you. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for it, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That's the relationship that you have with God. And so as we pray, we pray to a God who knows more, who cares more, and wants us to come to him, knowing in full confidence that when we ask our dad for something, he will speak, he will give generously to us. Jesus models a relationship with the Father that begins with adoration. A relationship that begins as we acknowledge the God we pray to. And not because God needs it, but he deserves it. And in fact, all, even as we worship and adore him, it reminds us. It reminds us of who we talk to. It reminds us that when we bring our needs to God, he already knows them. 
It reminds us that when we ask God a question, he has better answers. It reminds us that when we are hurting, he knows and he cares more. That when you are struggling, it reminds us that God knows the truth you need to hear even better than you do. When you are looking to figure out what to do, it reminds you that he knows what's best and he wants to share that wisdom with you. It gives us a confidence. A confidence that as we seek God, he is a God who gives generously to us. And so what I want us to do today as we close out this message is that we're going to spend some time in prayer. Um, but before we do that, I want to, I want to give, bring your attention to this 40-day prayer challenge cards. Because the way we're going to close out our prayer today is we're actually going to do day one on this card together. And so we're going to be, each week as we talk about prayer, we're also going to pray. We're going to practice praying. And today we're going to practice praying as we practice adoring God in our prayers, being reminded of God as Father. But we're also going to do this challenge card together so that when you go home, you can do this. Because what, what I believe will be incredible is that as a church, if for 40 days we are seeking God in a relationship with God as Father, Praying to God and listening to God and bringing people to God in prayer, God will do something incredible in our midst. And so each of these 40 days, there's a, there's a small one that you can hang on your fridge. There's also a bigger one that has more room for kids to write on if you want to have one for your kids. And so each day of Lent, what I want you to do is I want you to take this card and each day in your prayer time, what I want you to do is I want, I want you to simply ask Jesus a question. Ask Jesus, Jesus, who do you want me to pray for? And so then wait, ask Jesus, who do you want me to pray for? And wait in silence and wait for God to give you a name, a name that comes to your heart or mind. And then what I want you to do is simple. I want you to write that name on the day it is. And so today we're going to do that. And so afterwards you can find a way, when you take this home, you can write whatever name pops into your mind on day one. And then with that name, I want you then to begin praying for that person. And maybe, maybe this is new for you, um, and, and, that, and that's okay. Like, the idea of, all right, I'm waiting for Jesus to speak to me, and I don't know what that's going to be like, and, like, that sounds weird. That's okay. Um, just try it. In fact, you know what? Just write a name in there, even if you don't feel like you hear anything. Because I have a feeling if you do it 40 times, you'll start to realize, oh, that time it did feel like maybe I am hearing from God. I just didn't know what it sounded like when God would speak to me. And so try it. Try it for 40 days. And then as you pray for them, ask God more questions. God, what do you want me to know? Or, or, or God, what, what's something I can share with them? What could be encouraging to them? And then wait. And maybe it's a phrase. Maybe, maybe a song comes to mind. Maybe a scripture comes to mind. Maybe it's just a picture. And then I would take whatever that comes to mind. And right, does it match what we read in scripture? And is it encouraging, strengthening, or comforting? Um, and if so, let them know. Let them know, hey, I was, I was praying for you today, and this just came to my heart. I just wanted to share that with you. Now, if something comes to mind that is, like, dark or it's, like, bad news, like, all right, you can pray for them. Just, I wouldn't share that. We'll let God figure that part out. Um, but we're, we're just, and this guidance is coming from in Scripture, and it talks about the spiritual gifts and, and how we pray and listen to God. It says, share what is strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to ask God to speak. And then I want to challenge you to not only to listen, but to then take that next step, which can be a little bit scary, the obedience part, which is share that with them. 
And I believe that there will be incredible stories of what God is doing in this place. If all of us in this room, if, if all of you watching online for 40 days are having people that, that you are praying for, and those people begin to hear the heart of people who are praying for and the heart of God who is seeking them, it will do incredible things in this place and all around our world. And so we're going to pray together. And then after that, we will prepare for the Lord's Supper. God, our Father, it is so incredible that you allow us to have a relationship with you, that you call us sons and daughters. You are good. You are love. We thank you for that you meet with us in this place, that you remind us who we are, you remind us of who you are and the power that you have. We thank you that you know more, that you know us better than we know ourselves. We thank you that you know our situations better than we know them. We thank you that you have a wisdom that we don't have, that you have a grace that we don't have, that you have power and authority in our situations that we don't have. God, you are incredible. And God, we come before you and seeking a conversation, not just to, to say what's on our mind, but to hear what's on yours. And so God, we ask, who do you want us to be praying for today? As you hear a name, just, I just encourage you, bring them before God. And maybe nothing comes to mind or your heart, and that's okay. Maybe it will come later. Maybe it will come right now. That with the people that are on our hearts, in our minds, we believe that you love them that you care even than we, we, more than we care, that you know even more than we know. God, if there is something for us to encourage them with, whether that be a scripture, a song, a thought, an idea, God, would you share that with us? Pray this in your name. Amen. And so I encourage you, use that guide. And you don't have to use the guide, but it can be a helpful tool. And share with that person. Send a text message. Give a call. And if nothing comes of it, nothing comes of it. We're praying for people who God loves. And if there is something that you couldn't explain, be encouraged. That this is the way our God works as he speaks to us. Um, as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're going to um, take some time to confess before God our sin. So if you would bow your heads, God, we come before you sinful. We often don't love our neighbors the way we should. We don't love and worship and adore you the way we, sh we should. And so, God, we're sorry. 
forgive us. Have mercy on us. And hear us now as we personally and quietly confess to you. promise of Jesus to each and every one of us is that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.